My name is Mary Martin, and I'm a director of an apostolate called Unleash the Gospel at Work. Our mission is to help women and men joyfully live their faith and witness to Christ and the gospel in the workplace. The purpose of the Unleash the Gospel at Work Innovation podcast is to invite leaders from around the country to share their story about how they found innovative ways to share their faith in the workplace. Today, we're blessed to have a good friend of mine, Vanessa Dengarmal, with us. She is the founder of Epiphany Communications Coaching and Consulting. Happy to have you with us, Vanessa. Mary, it's always a pleasure to talk with you. And it's so cool to be on the other side of the mic. Yay! That's <laughs> not what we at, Not asking the questions. That's right. Answering, answering. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, this will be great fun. Great yes, fun. Yeah. So let's just um, start and uh, take a moment in prayer. Uh, just quiet our minds and our hearts, even those listening to this podcast. Mm. Lord, we just come before you so grateful for all the ways that you have filled us with inspiration and the desire to share our faith at work wherever we are. And Lord, I just ask your Holy Spirit come upon um, my friend Vanessa here that she would have new ideas, creative ideas to share with us about sharing Jesus wherever she is, wherever she has been, wherever she will be. And Lord, that each of us would have open minds and open hearts to receive these new ideas, these techniques, these stories, and give us the courage to step out boldly to uh, speak the name of Jesus in our workplaces. And we ask all of this in his mighty name. Amen. Amen. All righty. So I do have a a formal introduction that you gave me, and it told me all about the wonderful things you do. You're a writer, an author. You're also, many people might know you as uh, the host of Epiphany on the Ave Maria radio, which is wonderful. You've had me on several times, so thank thank you. you. Yeah, and I'm just wondering if you can... Uh, go back and give me a little uh, story about yourself, maybe describe your spiritual journey, especially when your relationship with Christ deepened or just became more personal. I think our listeners would like to hear that. For me, it's really it was really about surrendering, Mary. When I realized God was in control is when I gave up control. And I am like many people where I just want to control my whole life, right? I want every outcome. And I make all these plans and then God changes them and then he laughs, you know, he has a sense of humor. <laughs> right. And I, I remember there are three really important points in my life where I really surrendered to God and it just really strengthened my faith and it became, surrendering became easier. One was when... I wanted to get married and I thought, you know, Lord, I think I'm really called to be married, but you know, I keep dating these kind of jerks and <laughs> and um, you know, I remember being in California visiting one of my sisters and having a little silent prayer in my heart to God and I said, "Okay, God, if you want me to get married, then you just bring the guy in my life because I'm done." You know what I mean? If you don't, I'm fine with that. You know, I'll I'll have a very fulfilled life and you know, find other ways that you're calling me, what things you're calling me to do. But if you're calling me to be married, then you find the guy and bring him to me because I am so done with this. And within like, I think um, a few hours, this is no joke, a few hours, <laughs> my cousin <laughs> calls me and she says, my cousin Ann, and she goes, Vanessa, what are you doing this weekend? And I said, well, I'm, I'm flying home from California 
And she goes, well, listen, I want to set you up on a blind date. And I said, oh, really? And and I said, who? And she, she goes, oh, you know, you know, this guy, his name is Ron. He's a really nice guy. He's friends with Mark. Mark's my other cousin. And you, Mark knows him really well, and you, you'll really like him. And I said, well, when? And she goes, Saturday. I go, well, that's actually my birthday. And she goes, well, it'll be a fun birthday night out. And I said, okay, I guess I'll go. And so I flew home, and um, I was going to cancel that day, Mary, because my nails looked horrible, my hair looked horrible. <laughs> and two of my sisters were home, and I have six sisters. So two of my sisters were there, and they're like, you're not canceling. I'll do your nails. I'll do your hair. You know what? <laughs> So I go and I meet him and I talk, I call one of my sisters on my way home and she's like, how was it? And I said, well, I just met my husband. I will marry him. And I knew at that moment, it was like all the pressure was off. I'm like, okay, God, thank you. This is my husband. I'll just go through the process of having to date him, (laughs) (laughs) but I will marry him. And I knew that at that Mm -hmm. moment. So that was one. And sec two is when I wanted to have kids and I was struggling to get pregnant and I had a couple of miscarriages and I said the same similar prayer I said okay God it's on you if you if you want me and Ronnie to have children then you have to gift us this children if if you don't I'm fine with that if you want me to adopt show me the way mm-hmm, I mean mm-hmm. tell me what you want from me and Ronnie and um, I ended up getting pregnant with my daughter, Elena. Now, I was blessed with her. I don't have any other children, but I really believe that's Aww. God saying, okay, I'm going to give you this child. And then when I struggled to get pregnant again, I remember uh, praying uh, an intercessory prayer to Mother Mary, the rosary, after I became a mom, I became really uh, uh, closer to Mother Mary. Mm-hmm. You know, I felt like I had a devotion, a true devotion to her. And I said, okay, mother, you know, if I'm meant to have another child, let it be God's will. But if I'm not, I'm tired of worrying about it. You know, it's stressing me out. You know, you know how that is when you're trying to get pregnant and you get that, really, you know, I'm not pregnant. And Mm -hmm. um, I said, just, just give me a sign, something, tell God, give me a sign that, so I don't even have to worry about this. And Mary, within like, maybe two weeks, I started having serious health issues and I went to the doctor and she said, I don't think you'll be able to have any more kids. Wow. And and she said, this is what's going on with you. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, I, I mm-hmm. don't think pr- uh, another child is in, in, in plans for you. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, all right, that's God's will. But what peace, yeah, right? All of a sudden, like yeah. somebody outside of you says, hey, yeah. by the way, this is how this is going to go. And it, yeah. And you but remember. But it was truly surrendering. You it was remember. Like, yeah. yeah. It's like, okay, God, I'm going to leave this up to you. Mm-hmm. You show me the way. And then the third time we're really surrendering really was – uh, profound in my life is when I wanted to get out of county government and I was working as the press secretary to Wayne County government and there was a lot of and I'm not speaking out of school it was all over the media there was <laughs> right. a major yes. FBI investigation mm-hmm. and I thought I am not going to be the spokesperson on corruption I'm not defending corruption I'm not defending li- I'm not doing this mm-hmm. and I remember walking over to St. Al's St. Aloysius yes. crying on my way there to go to speak to my spiritual advisor Father Alex and I said Father Alex I can't do this I have to get out of here I can't oh, wow. do this I, I don't want to be part of it and he says Vanessa God's timing is not your timing mm-hmm. he knows what you need and he knows what you want and patience was never one of my virtues, but I've had to <laughs> adopt it. So I waited and I waited. And I didn't really know, Mary, what I was going to do. And I thought, I'll just start my own business. I'll do something. And nine months later, I, I get an opportunity to leave. Wow. And um, I get my first client uh, offers me a retainer almost equal to my salary. 
Wow. Almost equal without benefits. Oh my gosh. But I was carrying all my family benefits and my husband said, if you could just get as close to your salary, don't worry about the benefits, I'll pick them up in my company. Mm-hmm. And it was good timing for us, but I thought, wow, God, thank you so much. And that's the power of surrendering, really. And again, you know it's him, right? Oh, you 100%. put the prayer out, but this time was a little bit longer. You yes, know, the first time was. was hours, then it was, you know, two weeks, and this time, nine months. Yeah, it was a it while. Was. Yeah. But you just knew to wait on God, yeah. have confidence in that, trust that, and then it's even better. It's even better if yeah. you wait. It's really kind of yeah, amazing. It is amazing. And yeah. so my faith really grew strong in those moments of surrendering. Yeah, beautiful, mm-hmm. beautiful. So tell me a little bit about how you decided or kind of what the transition was for you to actually share your faith with people you worked with. Like, how did you do that? Or like, was there a moment that you thought, okay, like, I'm just going to put that rosary out on my desk, or I'm mm-hmm. just going to, you know, what what was the impetus for like making that shift and almost being a little bit more public with your faith? You know, it was kind of subtle. I always wore a cross. I just grew up wearing crosses. I grew up in a very devout Catholic family. Uh, And I remember wearing a cross. And at this time, I worked for two Jewish men uh, in my first job as a journalist. They were very nice men. But one of the men, one of the owners said to me, which he would never get away with saying this to me today, but he said to me, should you really be wearing that cross when you work with, and you're confronting all these Jewish people? And I looked at him and I said, I'm not ashamed of my faith, but if you're if you have an issue with it, then that's a problem. And he just looked at me. He goes, "No, no, no! I'm not telling you to hide it. It's fine. It's fine." And I think I put it was the first time I thought, "Oh, I'm going to be challenged. I'm going to be challenged as a Christian. How am I going to handle it?" Mm-hmm. And at first, I I thought I was almost going to apologize, and I'm like, "I'm not apologizing for my cross. I'm not." Mm-hmm. And um, it was a, it was a wake up call for me. And he was very kind. I think I I took him back and he just like kind of realized what he said was like oh I shouldn't have said that to her and so that was the first moment and then after that I became less and less afraid it was like I was tested you know when God says I'm going to test you Mm -hmm. and if you deny me I'm going to deny you and I thought oh I'm not going to be denied in heaven because somebody else is going to force me to deny Christ no way and I became more bolden uh as I got older Mm -hmm. and in fact when I was in Wayne County government and I I hope I can say this on the air. I think I, I've said it on my own show. But um, when we were being challenged and I was being questioned in the county government what was going on, and when I was questioning them about what was going on, um, they basically told me, a couple of people told me, it was really none of my business. And I said, well, it is my business. It's every taxpayer's business because this is not a private company. And um, I said, I'm not playing this game with you. And I went back to my office and I wrote a note and I put it on my wall, and I said, I will not go to hell or jail for any of you people. <laughs> and I was honest. I was like, mm-hmm. I'm not doing this. I This is who I am. Mm-hmm. I I, I want to follow the rules, you know, the law, and That's I want right. to follow the law of God. You know, I want to get to heaven, people. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not doing everything mm-hmm. that's going to compromise mm-hmm. my freedom on this earth or my freedom when I leave this earth. So. Right. Wow. And those are really important. You know, those are moments that all of us, I think, have. We step back into our own desk or we, you know, step off our Zoom meeting or whatever. Mm -hmm. And you really just take a breath and you just think, okay, God, it's me and you. Yeah. It's me and you. And, And whatever the small thing is or the large thing is, I'm making this commitment. Yeah. Right. 
Yeah. It's because we know the end game, right? Right. We know the end mm-hmm. game. And so if our end game is to get back to heaven, and if I, I'm blessed to get to purgatory, I'll be happy. But <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like our end game is to get back to Jesus at whatever point that is on our on our journey. Right. So when you have that end game in mind, you're not going to let anything get in your way mm-hmm. because it, it stops you from the end game. Mm-hmm. So, And it's easy to let things be distractions oh especially at work you know like our title or more money or all those things maybe i won't get a promotion if i say these things or act this way but i really believe that uh, god's in all of that too oh he wants to bless our work and our workplaces and our co-workers and our bosses like he wants and we can be that light that leaven yeah Mm -hmm. you know and and um it was so funny because i started researching bullies in the workplace and i got my master's uh in it and wrote my master's thesis on it and i really tried to take a christ-centered approach to it and i realized at work i started evangelizing to my co-workers without realizing i was doing it and i and i would say you know you shouldn't be treated this way. It's unchristian, and you're being bullied. And I would identify, and all of a sudden, my office was a revolving door mm. of coworkers coming in, telling me what was going on with them. So I was kind of talking about the faith without realizing I was even talking about the faith, you know, or even extending a Christian branch to somebody by just being an ear. And that's 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 showing your faith. That's sharing your faith. Right. And that idea of creating safe place. Right? Yes. That it can be encouraging that when people have these, not everyone is bullied in their mm-hmm. workplace, but there's a lot of times that people, you know, you're working on projects or you're looked down because you're young or because you're older or, or you're a, yeah, or a woman or yeah. someone of color or whatever, yeah. you know, or have a different background. Even, yeah. Right. You can yeah. always, um, there's all those ways. I'm wondering if in your travels, have you ever come across other people who also were like-minded. You know, sometimes sharing our faith, we can stand out or it's sort of like, okay, us, we're, you know, I'm the person who's going to do this. And people come to you and ask you, can you say, speak about that at this meeting? Yeah. (laughs) All kinds of things. But I'm wondering, in your travels, were there other people, even not like some Christians, maybe Catholics, even just people of goodwill who also wanted their workplaces to be a better environment, wanted it to be more encouraging and positive. Yeah, yes, yes, and yes. I mean, I would say yes to all that. And um, I became really good friends with Teresa Tamio because of that. Wow. We mm-hmm. were not at the same station. She was in television. I was in radio. Both worked for an ABC affiliate. And we be, we started venting to each other about the media. And and we are it was our common Catholic faith that bonded us together. And um, we said, we just don't like the environment of what we're working in. And what and I loved my station. I loved where I worked. I loved it. And, and I'm not talking about particularly that station. I'm talking about media and journalism in general and where it was going. And I said, this is not a good sign of where it's going. And so we kind of shared both of our stories. And it, it, did I think it's going to be where it is today? Absolutely not. You could, I go to bet money <laughs> right. of how bad it's gotten. So, yeah, and then even in county government, I would gravitate and people would gravitate towards me, even though we were not all Catholics, Mm -hmm. all the Christians kind of gathered together and we would say, I'm praying for you, sister, I'm praying. And it was blacks and and, um, 
people from the Middle East and Chaldeans and, you know, non-Middle East, you know, just sure. Americans, part of the melting pot, you know. <laughs> but we were all different Christians, and we would all kind of like, hey, I'm praying for you. I got your back. Don't worry about it. And we all kind of found each other within the workplace. It was really kind of cool because having those people really gave me peace, mm-hmm. you know. And I and I think I, I hope I gave them peace, too, you know, by being there for them. Yeah, it's it's amazing how it's so attractive. Yeah, right? living this life of Jesus is so attractive, even if you ever never say his name. Absolutely, you know, it's still like you said the the end game. We're always thinking about that, and we really want to take as many people with us as yeah. possible. We want to introduce them, and and that does mean that you know we need to support each other and not have division and and really step together when the, when the chips are down, when it's really tough. Yeah. My, my friend, my longtime good friend Tony said to me one day, um, he said, you know, Vanessa, your relationship with Jesus should be so tight that when you walk into a room, someone knows you're a Christian. Mm-hmm. And I thought, wow, that's pretty profound. Like not even uttering a word, you know, by my whole presence, they should see Jesus in, in me. Kind of like you think of Mother Teresa, you know, Ooh. even though she had the habit, but you saw Jesus mm-hmm. in Mother, Mother Teresa, you mm-hmm. know, and so mm-hmm. that really resonated with me. And he said that to me about 20 some years ago. Yeah. Still working it out. Yeah. We're all still working yeah. it out. That's great. Yeah. Um, so in Unleash the Gospel at Work, we uh, really focus on the six good habits from the pastoral letter, Unleash the Gospel. And one of those habits is the attitude of gratitude. Mm-hmm. So can you tell me a little bit about what are you grateful for? Like what really moves your heart when you think of the life you have or the opportunity or even some some struggles? What what are you grateful for? You know, um, th- that is a great question, Mary, because it took me personally a long time to have that attitude of gratitude. I kind of always like suffered in comparison or she's smarter, she's prettier, she's got this and they've got that and they get paid more than me. And, you know, I, would, mm-hmm. I was that person for a long time. And, um, and it's really kind of sad because I didn't grow up with a father. I had the father who was complete opposite. He woke up every morning thanking God for every little thing good that, you know, anything that happened, he was grateful. So, for me, um, it's my family, of course. You know, mm-hmm. um, I, first of all, first and foremost, I'm glad I live in a country that allows me to practice my faith, and I hope the freedom of religion continues. Amen. I know it's being threatened every single day. So, first and foremost, coming from immigrant parents who are persecuted for 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 living their faith in in a, in a dictatorship, you know. Mm-hmm. So. Then my husband, you know, I'm very grateful for my husband and my daughter and my family life and my sisters and my mom and my friends. And I'm grateful for my company, my clients that God brings my way, you know, my husband's company. There's so much I'm grateful for and my challenges because my struggles, even being a mom, you know, it's the most beautiful gift in the world, but it's the hardest job in the world. Mm -hmm. The hardest job in the world (laughs) is being a mom. It really is because you're responsible for another human life and molding them in the faith and hoping that you, you know, when you're ready to set them free, they're ready to take on the world. So I'm grateful for all my struggles I've had. And I've had a lot in my life, you know, Mm -hmm. a lot of setbacks in my life because they've made me stronger. And those setbacks and those challenges and those crosses that we're called to carry bind us closer to Christ. They you really know? do. They really do. They, you know, you you can relate 
to Jesus even more with every with uh, how heavy your cross is. You know, your your faith becomes even stronger. And there's people in this world who have way heavier crosses mm. than I do. Mm-hmm. And when I watch them carry those co- crosses with grace, it makes me even more grateful. Mm-hmm. And I think of you. You mentioned just uh, your relationship with Mary. And I think even as we pray the rosary or or the apparitions, when you read about them and all those things, you think, oh, my gosh, you watched your son. You I know? say that all I'm the like, time, oh, Mary. Thank I you that. for helping me, like, yes. really, like, walking with me and carrying yes. my heavy heart, you know. Yeah. You know, it's it's interesting that you say that my my sister, my eldest sister, lost her son in 2020, mm-hmm. her youngest son mm-hmm. in 2020. She said that to us the other day. She said, I don't know what I would do without Mother Mary mm-hmm. because Mother Mary is getting me through this. Mother Mary, oh. I know she watched her son, her only child, suffer and die, and she gives me peace knowing I can get through this, you know, right. so uh, because there's no... I don't think there's any greater tragedy than to lose a child, you know. Amen. Uh, And Mm -hmm. you don't wish that. No one wants to be in that club. Absolutely. So, yeah, we'll continue to pray for her. Absolutely. One of the – I just want to switch over a little bit and talk about your coaching Mm -hmm. that you do now, Mm -hmm. uh, consulting and coaching with uh, Epiphany Communications. And is there a piece of – wisdom that you would like to share or that you often share in those coaching relationships as you're working with people you know is there something that is pretty consistent or or just something that stood out that you've shared with people about about hope about faith about um, rising up just what anything that you know, might just be a piece of wisdom for each of us to kind of ponder as well. Mm-hmm. Yes, authenticity. Mm. Show up authentically. We are all blessed with God-given talents. And even if I have clients who are not seeking Christian coaching for me, because I have a lot of secular clients that just call me for communication coaching or communication leadership or strategy work, I always invoke the Holy Spirit. But I also encourage every single one of my clients to be authentic, to show up truly with their own gifts and their mm-hmm. own talents and we know this mary from called and gifted we're also blessed with charisms right upon our baptism by the holy spirit and when i do christian coaching i encourage all my clients to participate in the called and gifted program because we should all know our charisms for sure now in coaching when i coach uh in the secular world i use uh strengths uh mm-hmm. gallop strengths which is like your talents right and those are to give out to the world your talents are really for you right to to mm-hmm. move up in your career charisms are to give out to bring others to Christ. We know this, right? So I always encourage my clients, what are your talents? Who are you? What do you bring to the table? And one exercise I do with every single client is to have them write their value statement. What value do you bring to the company? What value do you bring to your coworkers? We all have value. And what happens is the reason there's such a disconnect sometimes in the world and in the workplace is because people don't even know their own value. Mm. They don't even know they are valued. And so that, to me, is the most important message I can get. And you could see the light bulb go off and, like, them having an epiphany moment saying, <laughs> you know what, I, I do have value. I do bring something good to the table. I, I am I have self-worth. And so many people, it's so sad, especially teenagers, don't even know their self-worth. Mm-hmm. And you see that all the time. So I think that's the most important message. Know you have value. Right. And you're right. The world is 
is complicated and you know you hear all this messaging social media can be wonderful but can also be uh, across it can be difficult so Mm -hmm. you know all of those messages you have to really know that you are blessed and be loved and you're here for a reason Mm -hmm. and uh, that authenticity uh, the idea of authenticity is really helpful for us to share with each other too yeah we're all made in the likeness likeness and image of God, right? Mm-hmm. But we're all uniquely made. And we're all made for this time. You know, you were not supposed to be born 50 years ago or 100 years ago. You know, that you're made. For, and I love when Father John Ricardo always says that to us, you are born for this time. Mm-hmm. You know, and so ask the Lord, I am uniquely made in your likeness and image. What are you calling me to do? Amen. And what is my value? And how should I show up? And he'll show you. Oh, yeah. He absolutely will. Well, thanks so much. And before we end this innovation podcast, just a quick reminder to our listeners that you can find tools, stories, and resources on our website, utgatwork.org, to help you share your faith in the workplace. You can also sign up to receive our podcasts and follow us on social media. Vanessa, I want to thank you for your words of wisdom, wisdom and inspiration. I know that um, all of your uh, all of your wisdom, all your stories are just so helpful oh, thank um, you. to me, myself, <laughs> and to just be you know praying and and thinking and asking God, what's the next thing? You know, how yeah. can I show up? How can I help a coworker? How can I pray for your guidance? So yeah. really, he'll tell that. you. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Amen. Thank you, Mary, for having me. All right. That's great. If we can, the very last thing I um, just am going to ask you to do, and then I'll I'll say a few more words, is if you can just end this podcast with a short prayer, that would be great. I'm going to end the podcast with a prayer that I say every single day when I do my show. Amen. Okay. Do it. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Give me the words that you know other people need to hear. And bring in my life the people who will lead me in the direction you want me to go. Amen. Amen. Be sure to visit utgatwork.org, UTG at Work. Listen to our podcast and follow us on social media. Hope you can join us for the next Unleash the Gospel at Work Innovation Podcast. Our Lady of Victory, pray for us. Amen.